house of the Lord. I want to uh, uh, first uh, say Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there that is watching on today. God bless you. To God be the glory for you. Had it not been for you all, we wouldn't be here. Amen. Because every man, woman, boy, and girl that is on the face of this earth had to come by way of a mother. And we thank you for all the things that you have done, all that you continue to do. Amen. To God be the glory. And I want to uh, want to share with, uh, with each and every one that have a living mother. Amen. Give her a flowers while she lives. Because a lot of you like myself, amen, of a mother, of a grandmother is gone to gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, we no longer have an opportunity, amen, uh, 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 to thank our mothers and thank our grandmothers. But uh, happy Mother's Day once again. Know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope that your day is as special as you are, amen. Turn your Bibles. It is time for the Word of God. There is a word from the Lord uh, for us on this day. And I like to say a relevant word from the Lord. Amen. Turn, to, turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And we want to look at verse 6. That's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And the scripture reads on this wise, Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That was the King James Version. I'd like to read the New Living Translation. Paul says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, Let God Complete His Work in You. Let God complete his work in you. And Paul, being a man saved by God, fervent in the will of God, and gifted by the grace of God, he understood this one principle regarding salvation. And that is, there is a work of the Lord that must be completed in us. And now I want you to understand that yes, once you have received the gift of God's salvation, once you have received the gift of God's finished work on the cross, yes, you are heaven bound as long as you do not fall from the grace of God. And now many Bible scholars will argue the statement that you are heaven bound as long as you don't fall from the grace of God. Many would argue this because they believe once saved, always saved. And the scripture, uh, 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 they stand on in the once saved, always saved, is John chapter 6, verse 39, where Jesus says, And this is the Father's will which has sent me, 
that of all which he gave me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Now, yes, it is God's will that his son lose no one that has received salvation. I want us to understand that the word of God is right. It is the will of God that his son, Jesus the Christ, lose no one who has received salvation. Just as in 1 Timothy 2 and 4, it is the will of God to have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. But just like all men will not be saved because they refuse to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, there are yet some who are saved who will willfully make the awful decision whether they make it verbally or by their actions to denounce the Christ as their Lord and Savior. And such was the case of Judas Iscariot. Judas did not verbally denounce the Christ as lordship over his life, but his actions denounced the Christ by betraying him with a kiss. This is why once you receive salvation, the evidence of salvation should be visible in your character and your behavior. The sinful things that you used to do without giving it a thought. Now that you've been saved, you now have a God-conscious mind that alerts or warns you that the sin you're thinking of indulging has the ability to separate you from God. You see, we must understand that God is a holy God. And he demands all of us who's been washed in his blood to live a holy life through his grace. Well, let me put it this way. Now that we have received salvation, now that we're saved, like the songwriter says, my life is not my own, to you I belong, and I give myself to you. What William McDowell is really saying is, now that I've received salvation, I no longer live by my standard or the world's standard. Now that I'm saved, I now live out God's standard of living. And can I tell you, God's standard of living is none other than holy living. Leviticus 11:44 says, For I am the Lord your God, and you shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Romans 12 and 1, uh, the writer instructs the believer that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. What the writer is really saying is that the least that we can do upon receiving salvation is to present our bodies a living sacrifice by living holy. Why? Because this is acceptable unto God. You know, we hear a lot of things that is not biblical. That is not biblically correct, my friend. And many folks say a lot of things that is not biblically correct. And I've heard people say that it's hard to live holy. I've, I've heard folks say that no one, it's not possible for anyone to live up to God's standard but Jesus. And can I challenge you to 
get in the word and allow the word to do a work in your life that will prove, glory to God, that you can live a holy lifestyle. Amen. Because the word of God will teach you that grace is not only unmerited favor. Grace is not only God giving you what you don't deserve, but great, the grace of God is also the manifestation of the power of God's power for you to accomplish the impossible. Amen. Let me say that again. Grace, the grace of God, is also the manifestation of God's power for you to accomplish the impossible. But let me say it this way. You cannot save yourself. Therefore, you need God's grace. You need the manifestation of God's power and love that sent his son into the world without blood from male or female, but with blood that flows from God only. So whatever's in your life that's causing you to stumble, I stop to witness to only a few people this morning, glory to God, that God's grace is truly sufficient. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. God's grace is sufficient. It is sufficient to keep you. It is sufficient. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, if God's grace is good enough to save you, then God's grace is good enough to keep you. If God's grace is good enough to save you, it's good enough to help you function in your gift. If God's grace is good enough to save you, it's good enough to enable you to walk upright in ministry. If God's grace is good enough to save you, it's good enough to help you forgive those that have wronged you. If his grace is good enough to save you, then it's good enough to keep you confident in the hope of glory. Amen. And people of God, this is why we must rightly divide the word of truth. Because what Jesus is saying in John 6, 39, he further explains in John 17, 12. Jesus says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that, that, those that thou gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now what Jesus is saying is that he kept all that the Father had given him. He kept them by his power. He kept them by his love. He kept them by his grace. Amen. All who received Christ had the same preservation and the same guardianship. Glory to God. But Judas wandered from the flock and was lost by his own actions. And beloved, if you lose your salvation, it's not because the Lord cannot keep you, but it's because you lost it because of your own willful act to leave the fold. Amen. You see, the Lord will keep you if you want to be kept. The Bible makes it clear in Romans 1.28 that when the saints refuse to retain God, in their knowledge, glory to God. We're not talking about sinners. We're talking about the saints of God. Those of us that have received salvation. The writer of the book of Romans makes it clear, amen. He says, when the saints refuse to retain God in their knowledge, 
He says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are sinful and unjust. Amen. And therefore, the one things that make the one thing that make God give up on you and turn you over is the sin of rejecting him. Yes, yes, yes. The sin of rejecting him. This is why Paul warns us in Hebrews 12 and 1. He tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin which do it so easily beset us. And Paul tells us let us run this race with patience that is set before us. Now notice he says every weight. Every weight. Every weight. Plural. He's not talking about one weight. He's talking about every weight in life. Let us lay aside every weight. But then he says, and the sin, singular, the sin. In other words, you see, the weight is the agony that life brings, the perils that occurs on this life's journey. Weight is the disappointments we oftentimes face with. These are what you call weight. But the sin that Apostle Paul is talking about is the sin of rejection. Or some call the sin of abandoning God. The sin of rejection. But right now I want to focus on us allowing God to complete his work in us. And some of you may be wondering, some of you may be asking a question, I thought once I received salvation, I was free from sin and delivered from eternal punishment. And yes, that is true. When you receive salvation, you have been freed from sin and delivered from eternal punishment. Well, pastor, if I'm free from sin and delivered from eternal punishment, what work does God have to complete in me? The work that God has to complete in us is the work of grace and faith. Because once we have received the gift of salvation, we ought to be a new creation. The former things should pass away in order that room can become available in your life for the purpose of God to do a new thing. You see, God speaks through prophet Isaiah in his 43rd chapter saying, Behold, I will do a new thing, and it shall spring forth. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, God is simply saying through prophet Isaiah, that I'm about to do a shift in your life that's going to work for kingdom advantage. The dark places that you've been in that you could not understand the wilderness turmoil that you were going through. God is saying I'm getting ready to turn the light on and show you my exit strategy. And though you've been in dry places in your life, you've been in a dry season in your life, God is saying I'm about to pour open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. But God is saying before I do what I really want to do in your life. God is saying that I need to work on something in your life. And if you would allow me I need to work on your grace and faith. Amen. 
The Bible says in 2 Peter 2 and 18, it tells us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I need you to understand this morning that once you receive salvation, this is a grace walk, amen. And this is a faith walk. You cannot walk in the grace of God without having faith in him. You've got to trust God to allow him to mature you in his grace. And that's why there are so many 40-year Christians today that cause hell everywhere they go. They're Christians, but they have not grown in the grace, amen. They received salvation, but they did not allow God to complete his work of grace in them. This is the reason we have mean Christians, arrogant Christians, troublemaking Christians, sour Christians, amen. They have not allowed God to complete his work in them. And I want you to know that as you grow in the grace of God, the more humble you become, the more self-denying you are. Because if any man be in Christ, you've got to learn how to deny yourself. Because you assume, mature, and understand that this life, this kingdom life that we live, is not all about us, amen. The fruits of the Spirit as you grow in grace, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance, it ought to become our everyday lifestyle. And I want to encourage you this morning, saints of God, let God complete his work in you. Because if he bring you to it, I'm confident that by his grace, he'll bring you through it. Amen. Glory to God. And I want to let you know this morning that there are two things that will stop your progress from growing in grace. There are a lot of things that, that can stop you, but two major things that will stop your progress from growing in grace. And that is family hurt and church hurt. Because both of those will leave you wounded. Both of them will leave you scarred. Family hurt and church hurt, if you let it, it can make you bitter. It'll make you build walls. It'll make you isolate yourself. It'll have you come into church for the wrong reason. Because instead of coming to the house of God, lifting up holy hands, making a joyful noise, worshiping and praising God, you'll be coming to the house of God with an angry heart. You'll be coming with a disgruntled spirit. Instead of joy bells ringing, it'll have you sitting in the church with a bitter disposition. And this is the reason we need to grow in grace. Because we can't go anywhere without the grace of God. The songwriter pen, we've come this far by grace, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. And I want you to know, is that anybody song this morning? Amen. I need to know, is that anybody song this morning that we've come this far by grace, leaning on the Lord? And let me tell you what grace would do for you. When you begin to grow in grace, it'll get you over heartache. Grace would get you over disappointments. Grace would get you over a broken spirit. 
Grace will mature you in the will of God. It'll mature you in a way that family hurt will no longer keep you from the presence of God. It will mature you in a way that church hurt will no longer keep you from getting in the presence of God. If you're going to grow in grace, if you're going to let God complete his work in you, you've got to have faith in God. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is really saying that he is a God who works within the perimeters and the precepts of faith. And the old folk used to say that prayers are the keys to heaven, but it is faith that unlocks the door. And I need to let somebody know that it's all right to pray. But if you want your prayers answered, if you want to see God move on your behalf, if you want God to calm the raging sea in your life, you've got to have faith, amen. And I don't know about anybody that's listening to me right now, but I'm at a point of my life that if I need a healing, I need it now. If I need a breakthrough, I need it now. I used to hear granddaddy preaching have faith in God. And the saints of old used to sing, we've come this far by faith. And may I remind somebody that God will come through for you. But what we have to learn to do is allow God to complete his work in us. Amen. And I told you earlier that the Lord would keep you if you want to be kept. Amen. And the only way we're going to be kept is if the Lord keeps us. Amen. And I just want to encourage the saints this morning to allow God to complete his work of grace and faith in you. To God be the glory. And at this time, at this time, I want to give you the opportunity if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I want you to know that today is a good day to receive Christ. And even if you're backslidden, today is a good day to come back to Christ. The Bible tells us that God loves the backslider. Amen. I want you to know that there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. So, whatever has separated you from God, we have to understand we separate ourselves from God because of sin. But God is standing with his arms open wide, ready to forgive all unrighteousness and sin. He is faithful and just. And if you're listening in this morning and you have yet to receive salvation or if you have backslidden from Christ, I want you to know you can come to Jesus just as you are. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter how you did. Doesn't matter who you did it to. God loves you. And if you come to God with a sincere heart, and you truly receive him as your Lord and Savior. And believe that God raised him from the dead. I want you to know. You have the opportunity to be saved today. Repeat this prayer after me. Father God in Jesus name. Lord I come to you right now. Sinful. I come to you dear God. Not knowing who you are. 
But Father, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, O oh God, for all that I have done. And Father God, I pray that when you forgive me, Father, that Father, I am asking that you live in me. And Father, I pray and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And I taught him according to your word, I am saved. And I understand that being saved is not a feeling. Receiving salvation is not a feeling. But Father, I'm believing in your word. Your word tells me I am saved. Because I'm coming to you with an earnest heart, Lord God. And Father, I can't live this saved life without you. I can't please you without you directing my every move, Lord God. And I'm asking you to come into my life. Make my life brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have repeated that prayer for the first time, if you have backslidden, I want you to know that you are in the family of God. And we welcome you to the family. Amen. And now is our time to worship the Lord in our giving. We have four ways in which we can give. We can give online on our website at smbbc.org. That is smbbc.org. Click on the link that says giving. And then you can text to give at 803 590-9821. You want to text GIL to that number, 803-590-9821. When you text GIL, you will, receive an, you will receive a text and you just follow the prompts. The third way that you can give, you can drive through the church today between 1230 and 1 p.m. Our treasurer and trustees will be here to receive your financial contributions. Or you can mail your financial contributions to the church at our secured box at 111 Old Belleville Road, St. Matthew, South Carolina, 29135. We thank you so much for your financial contributions. Let us have our offertory prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Dear God, that we have the ability to give, Father. We thank you for how you bless us with our finances, Lord God. We thank you how you make every provision for us. And Father, as we have already purposed in our heart, dear God, as what we was going to give, dear God, for the sake of the ministry, Lord God. Father, we ask, dear God, that you bless these financial contributions, these tithes, these offerings, Lord God. Ask that you multiply it, Lord God, 30 to 60 to 100 fold, Lord God. That it may go far and enable the ministry to spread the gospel throughout the world, Lord God. And to do kingdom work within the community, Lord. And Father, we thank you. And Father, I pray, dear God. That because of those, dear God, that have given out of the sincerity of their heart, 
and give it just because it is right to give because we're honoring you, Lord God. Father, I pray a bountiful blessing not only on their life but in the lives of their families. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want you to know I just want to thank you for tuning in once more. Amen. And I just want to encourage you to let God to complete his work in you. And I hope that you uh, took notes and wrote the scriptures down. Amen. Go back and read those scriptures on this week. Amen. And I know that they will bless your soul. And um, once again, thank you for tuning in. We enjoyed you uh, being online with us today. And we're going to close out in prayer, amen, because we certainly want to remember those that are, uh, that are suffering, you know, even though uh, we may be doing pretty good, but we always have to pray for those when things are not as well with them, amen. Let us pray and we'll have the benediction after the prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for life. We thank you. That things are as good as they are in our lives, Father God. Because we realize that things could be a whole lot worse, Father. We thank you for your many blessings, your many opportunities, Father God. Father, we thank you for our families. We thank you for our health and strength. There's so much that we have to thank you for, Father. And Father, when we sit down and count our many blessings, Father God, Father, we will lose count, Father. That's just how good you have been to us. And Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for never failing us, Father. We thank you for all of your protection, Father. We thank you, Father, that it's you and you alone that have been a fence around us, protecting us from every hurt, harm, and danger. And Father, we pray for those who are sick, Lord God. We pray for those who are in trouble. We pray for those whose bodies are racking in pain, Lord God. Father, only you can touch their bodies, Father. And Father, we're standing in the gap for those who are in so much pain that they cannot pray for themselves, Father. We're asking that you touch their bodies, Lord God. Relieve them of their aches and pains, Lord God. It's only you that can heal, deliver, and set free, Lord. In the name of Jesus, and Father, we speak that you have your way in our lives, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, whatever you allow to take place in our lives, Father, Father, we pray that you help us, dear God, to accept what you allow. And Father, we pray, dear God, for those that are on the front line that is still battling with this pandemic, Lord God, doing all they can to save lives and bring a healing to those, Lord God, that has been affected by this pandemic, Lord. And Father God, we pray, dear God, that you give them a measure of grace, Lord God, that is beyond. And Father, we pray, dear God, for their protection, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you bless their mind, their souls, Lord God, the spirits, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, in some way, some fashion, somehow, we ask that your glory be revealed in the midst of what this nation is facing right now. Because we know everything is in your hand and we bless your name. And Father, as we prepare to leave this place, but never from your presence, forever be with us, forever lead us and guide us, Lord God. Because you are the captain of our soul. 
And Father, we want you to know we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, family. I want you to be blessed. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.